Today on the show, we saddle up for one last ride. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden. So today on the show, we are going to talk about episode one, Kenobi. It is finally here. We finally get to talk about Kenobi. What a long, strange journey it has been to get to this show with COVID and with rewrites and with uh, all the other craziness of Hollywood. They're finally, we finally got the show, and I, I think it delivers in its first couple episodes. We're only going to be talking about episode one, though, today, and then hopefully we'll get another episode out soon. And I will say, I'll, I'll start this off by saying, the last episode we did, just kind of briefly talking about Kenobi, remember, this universe that is created through with this show and all the stuff on Disney, it is a accumulation of stories and data if you will of of little story bites that have been adapted into not just this show but other shows uh so again you have people like dave filoni um i don't he didn't direct this one but i know he was a consultant for this show i know the the director definitely used him as a consultant and has stated like he kind of like a offshoot producer if you will because she just kept calling him over and over again asking for for uh you know consulting on the story and the characters (laughs) and everything so just keep in mind this is all new it's not going to be based off of one specific storyline it is kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of stuff that we all care about and the creators cared about absolutely and before we get to all that though we got to do our housework so uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, our listeners. Uh, so please, if you feel like you got something you want to say to us, uh, email us at podcast at loreparty.com with your thoughts and also your episode ideas. We're planning on doing a lot more Star Wars content in our future. So if there's something that you would love to hear an episode about relating to any of the television shows that you can find on Disney Plus, please let us know. We're definitely looking to ramp up some more of those episodes in the future. Uh, you can also watch some of our streams over at twitch.tv slash loreparty. And of course, you can always connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Please shout your deranged Star Wars theories at me. I love hearing them. <laughs> I just like hearing you talk about them. I think I, yes, absolutely. I love, I, I will go on tangents that we have to cut because they'll be too long. But before we do all that, we want to get into a quick word from our sponsors, and then we will dive into our first recap of Episode 1 of Kenobi. Okay, we are back, and I think that this episode starts off with my favorite thing that Dave Filoni loves to do, which is torture people by making them watch Order 66 over and over again. We get to see this beautiful shot of Coruscant where everything's all quiet, and there's some Jedi younglings practicing to use the force and then all of a sudden the door just explodes and there are clone troopers just firing wildly into the room full of children and i i I know some people were talking smack about this sequence but i actually really liked the just the coordination and the effect of following him it was like a one-way hallway shot yeah yeah uh and also something kind of cool we're starting to see more clone troopers 
who are in real life. They're not CGI'd. Uh, a fun fact, uh, the clone troopers in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, they were all CGI'd. Every once in a while, maybe they would have like someone take off a helmet that might have been real, but for the most part, the majority of clone troopers that we see in, in medium are CGI. In fact, people even point out that the helmets are a little bit small to actually fit on a human head. That's why sometimes the clone troopers you see at like conventions, their 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 bodies look a little weird. <laughs> it's because they had to actually make the helmets fit for a human to wear. I did also notice during the shot sequence, it was really nice and steady. And then as soon as the door opens with the clone troopers, the camera just starts shaking like an old school yeah. like uh, uh, earthquake. <laughs> they took it off. They were like, ah, there. Someone was like, oh shit, there's the there's the the wiggle option in After Effects. Let me just click that yeah. on real quick. <laughs> so that whole sequence, we follow these kids that are just like being protected by their Jedi master. Right? That's a master. Would you say that's a their Jedi master? Yeah, she was an instructor. instructor. She wasn't she wasn't necessarily a master, but she was their instructor at the time. Yeah. We see Yoda teaching in that very room. In, a, in episode two. Yeah, and so we see that this Jedi gets taken down eventually on the bridge, where apparently a lot of them got taken down on bridges. You just see them all on the bridges. And uh, in all the sequences I've ever seen, they always die like on a bridge or something. And <laughs> what happens is these kids kind of look at the body and go, we, we got to go. We got to get out of here. And we see all these children, like what, six or seven of them, eight, something like that. They all run. And then all of a sudden, cut. Yep, uh, you cut 10 years later, and there's a, a big scary ship landing in the middle of uh, a desert town on the planet Tatooine. The Empire loves their big scary ships. Uh, and it, it opens to reveal uh, three Inquisitors. And these are, these are newer uh, ideas from the, the new canon that Disney set up. They are Jedi hunter killers, basically. Most of them themselves are former Jedi who Palpatine, I guess since they didn't die in the original wave, was like, maybe I can use them. So he's like, hey, do you want a job? It involves me horribly <laughs> torturing you. And if you say no, I murder you. Yeah. If you guys have played Jedi Fallen Order, it's the main villain that is always after Cal Kestis is an Inquisitor. Yep. And so uh, we, we come to find out that these Inquisitors have actually arrived on Tatooine hunting for Jedi. Not the Jedi that we're all thinking. A different Jedi, which I actually was like, oh my god, are we gonna have them fight Kenobi right away? And I was like, no, actually, they're looking for. I assume this guy. He kind of, he kind of reminds me of Cal Kestis a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's just this. It's just like a, he's just a kid, just hanging out at the at the bar, because I guess he had saw them going through trouble, so that he he intervened and helped the Grand Inquisitor, who steps forward, and you'll actually know him from Rebels if you've watched Rebels. He comes up and he's like, Jedi cannot help what they are. You know, this Jedi stepped in and did what he's supposed to do, be a good citizen of the galaxy, you know, saved this guy from help, but it exposed him because word travels fast, even in the Outer Rim. And it's really cool the way they kind of trick, I don't want to say trick, but force the Jedi to show up is they are intimidating with everybody in this bar, the saloon, and they're at the saloon uh, person who, who owns it, the owner, and Grand Inquisitor's in his face and he's like, Oh, I, I tells a story of like a Jedi, like, oh, you maybe had somebody come into your saloon and you maybe helped them. They helped you and you you gave them a bed. And he just like goes through this story of how this Jedi probably showed up. And then Reva kind of gets annoyed. Reva is one of the sisters. She is an inquisitor. I believe yep. she is. Is she second sister? Third sister. Third I sister. That's right. Third sister. She's kind of fed up. 
through this whole thing and she just throws a knife at the innkeeper if i think innkeeper saloon owner that guy the bar the bar, bar owner, owner. Yeah, the bartender and the all of a sudden the knife stops right in his face we see this jedi who revealed himself he's running around jumping up and around all over the place in the bar over tables and stuff and they kind of surround him and he tells them like you can't you're not gonna you're it's pointless you can't stop me I, i'll always you, you know can't kill us all you can't kill us all i'll always be a part of the jedi order and the jedi order you know they're all gonna be around and you can't stop us reva whips out the lightsaber and goes to just slice him in half like doesn't give two shits and just goes to slice him in half and then the blade is force stopped right on his arm starts burning yeah. his arm and he's like ow 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 and the grand inquisitor stopped it and then that lets this Jedi escape. Yep. Reva Reva's is pissed, pissed about that. Reva is pissed and gets up in the face of the Inquisitors and says, you know, we shouldn't be chasing after scraps. Scraps are all that's left is what the Grand Inquisitor said. Yeah, I love that. I love that exchange because uh, when you think about it, you know, she's just going on on hatred. She's just fueled with I need yeah. to kill every instinct, Jedi I can find. Instinct, instinct. But the Grand Inquisitor is basically being like, listen, bro. We have to have a job at the end of the day. Like, they've been hunting Jedi for 10 years. Yep. And, I, I mean, I assume it took them, like, a year to train to be Inquisitors, right? So imagine, yeah. like, nine years. Yeah. But, like, there's not many Jedi left at that point. Like, once they're all gone, there's no point in him being around. So he's, he's trying to keep job security, man. He's gonna, like... <laughs> he wants to be employed. Yeah, because she's like, let's go after Kenobi. And he's like, listen, man... Kenobi's why we have a job. Yeah. Because, like, if, if they bring in Kenobi, I don't think Vader's going to care anymore. He's just going to clean house with the Inquisitors. Yeah. And so we see this Jedi escape, and obviously Reva's pissed. The Grand Inquisitor, though, kind of, when he says scraps are all that is left, when they said that, I thought, oh, shit. That means a lot of these Jedi are gone. Like, they found a lot of them in the last 10 years. They oh, yeah. are totally fucked. So the Jedis are, according to the Inquisitors, they're not really there anymore. They're pretty much done. Any that survived, they were taken care of. And Reva goes on to just kind of talk about Kenobi, about how I want Kenobi. We need to get Kenobi. Kenobi, 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 Kenobi. Kenobi! Like, that's just how it is. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing at that. Yep. Speaking of Kenobi, uh, we then take a new little scene transition over to... I just, I'm like, I love this idea. There was just a giant, like, space whale, space, space manta, manta ray carcass. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what is this thing? Laying on its side, and then we, we pan over, and there's just people cutting meat out of it and, like, packaging it and processing it. And I was like, that's such a, such a cool idea. And I will say it looks like Play-Doh. Straight Play-Doh or like Play clay or something yeah. like that. It looked like salmon, but too big to be salmon, which is what Way I was like, hmm. Big deliciously horrible yes i'm a steak guy i'm not a salmon guy i'll be honest and we we pan over all these people and then we see the man the myth the legend jesus christ i'm sorry uh, uh obi-wan kenobi <laughs> a different a different savior figure in the desert there you go and he's part of the team you know he's carving up the meat uh you know making sure that it gets processed and he's even slicing off little bits for himself which i kind of like that idea too is like he's you know he's working that poor job which is very typical of any of the Jedi that we see who actually survive the purge, you know, they don't, they don't try to get the flashy government jobs anywhere. They're like, I am hunted, which Obi-Wan's even worse. I think because he was like, you know, he was a Jedi master. His face is plastered over a every master, a general, yes. his face is plastered yeah. on every wall. 
Every every uh, fucking restaurant probably is like, hey, by the way, it's the hunt for Kenobi is still on. Yeah, and he's he's just doing normal stuff. He's got an average job. He goes up to the machine that they clock out of and they punch out. The guy in front of him gets kind of screwed over on his wage, and he uh, says, hey, this is only half. And the the boss man gets in front and says, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh, nothing, and he walks away. And then he just looks at Obi-Wan, and he's like, and what are you going to do about it? And Obi-Wan just kind of stares at him, punches in, and then just walks away. But he's doing normal yeah. stuff. He's going to work. He's taking the bus back to town. He's yeah. just, you know, he's feeding his pet. He has, uh, how do you pronounce his pet name again? It's a, um... It's an, it's a, I believe it's Eopi. Eopi? It's the, yeah. it's, yeah, it's the weird, uh, uh, Pink, uh, it's, it looks like a naked mole rat with giant legs. It's very, very weird looking. It's cute, but it's weird. And yeah. he brings this meat that he's kind of stealing, and he's bringing it to his little Eopi thing. And we just see him going home. He rides on this, like, camel Eopi, and he goes into a cave. And when he gets into the cave, though, when he walks outside, it's really interesting. It kind of looks like the head of, um... R2 or an R2 unit where like the the little yeah, his little, little his little sensor pops Yeah, the up. little sensor that pops up off of the R2 units and he sees it come out of the sand and it flashes green, which is like, okay, everything's all good. You can go inside. So he goes inside, he goes into his cave. He's like li- he's living the cave luxury, the desert luxury. Come on, he's got his own place. He's got I shade. will say as far as caves go, it's actually a pretty nice cave. It's a pretty nice Not place. Not gonna lie. You know, you put in a pool table in there, oh, like a surround yeah. sound system. You'd be set. He'd have all the all the parties he could want, but of course that's the problem. It's also huge. Like it's a it's a big it's a cave. big cave, man. And he's got like a lot of space. And so he ends up going in there, puts his money away. He's got some boxes that they kind of zoom in on and then like pan away slowly because you're like, ooh, what's in there? You think it's like a lightsaber or something? He makes some weird looking grub that kind of like it it oozes and like grows it, out. It kind of it. Kinda, it it reminds me of the Force Awaken when Ray makes her meal. Yes, like yes, it kind of like yes. bubbles out of nothingness. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. And then he sits outside and he's eating his grub, just hanging out, looking at the desert beach thing. Desert. It's just all sand, let's be real. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, a Jawa shows up. Now, to my knowledge, live action, this is the first time we ever have a Jawa subtitle. We do not have another character saying, repeating what they say again. We have a subtitle for a Jawa. That I know, was interesting. I know that sounds stupid and corny, but I was like, oh my God. I thought it was cool. Yeah, you texted me there. You're like, oh my God, he's doing this. And I was like, oh, that, that is really weird. You're right. That's such a, such a, a change. Because not most of the time, like barring like, uh, Jabba the Hutt, like the majority of the time, if, if you don't know the alien's language, they don't tell you what it is. Yeah. Which I always kind of, I thought that was a nice flavor of the Star Wars universe, a little bit of realism in there, where it's like, you know, I don't necessarily know what Portuguese people are saying if they were to converse with me. So, yeah, that would make sense that I wouldn't know. We just go off of the characters that already understand it and their reactions. Yeah. Sometimes, again, they'll repeat it out loud. And we will kind of, but also you'll get the gist of if like you know the jaw was oh, yelling yeah. or well, something. Well, because like like when when Han's talking to Chewie and Chewie's like, he's like, oh yeah, me too, Chewie. It's like, oh, so he said something that was like sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. And so he's talking to this Jawa named Tika. 
he's selling Obi-Wan this stuff, and he shows Obi-Wan a belt that is found from a Jedi ship that they found a while back that they scrapped the ship and they found this belt, and he, he examines it. I don't know if it's his. We don't really know if it's his. It's kind of assumed either it's his or it's this other Jedi that yeah, it's the other we Jedi saw, we saw earlier. earlier. And Tika is like, "You want it? You want it?" He's like, mm, "No, no, I'm I'm good." And he and he says, "Okay." And then he he goes, "Oh, do you need anything else?" And he goes, "Oh, I need a processor. It was stolen earlier for my. I think it was his water like collector. His water his water collector. Yeah. yeah and and he." Tika's like, oh, I got one of those. And he looks at it and he goes, Tika, if you're going to steal my parts and sell them back to me, you could at least clean them first. And the Jawa's like, Tika's like, whoa, whoa, that, that cleaning costs extra, man. Hey, man, cleaning I, costs I extra. gotta feed a family here. <laughs> it's really funny. I got a tribe to feed. He yeah, says. Really, like, oh, that's so great. It was so Jawas funny. are such swindlers. I love it. And so he gets his processor back and then he finds a toy. Uh, Tika brought a toy that uh, apparently Obi-Wan, I guess, requested previously. And so he says, hey, I got this yeah. toy. And it's it's of a ship. I don't think it's an Empire ship, but it's it's pre-Empire. But it is, It's I think it's like a clone ship. Like one that, like a, the one that like a episode two Yoda was on, I think. As far as I, as far as what I know is, it is actually called, what's called a Skyhopper. It's what the, the kids like to fly around on Tatooine and shoot the Womp Rats with. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, I thought it was what uh, Yoda was on in Episode 2 with the clones. No, no, no. That's it a, looks that's similar-ish. But, yeah, yeah, they look very... I think they might even be developed by the same uh, company, but oh. very similar things. But so, it's also the same toy that we see Luke playing with in Episode 4, A New Hope. Oh! Gee, I wonder how it got there. Well, guess what? We're going to yeah. tell you. We're going to show you. They show it. He goes in the middle of the night. Kenobi goes to... The house where Luke Skywalker lives. Drops yes. off the toy. Spends some time peeping on them, watching them from yep. the cave. He, he goes and he, he's hanging out outside of the house, like up on the ridge, and is like watching Luke working with his uncle. And his uncle's like, oh, hey, Luke, go get me this thing. And he's like, okay. And he runs away, but doesn't go get it, just disappears, and then jumps on the he opposite goes end of the plays. house. And he starts playing like he's like, you know, uh, like he's, you know, piloting a ship, a ship or something like that and and obi-wan and kind of like smirks a bit and then kind of just gets i don't want to say serious but like it kind of disappears and he's like looking at it because it reminds him of anakin like obviously yeah and so he brings this toy and drops the toy off at in the middle of the night outside the house and it was cute i loved it i thought it was a really nice sequence then kenobi as he's walking home at nighttime well he's not walking his little thing E- e- what is it called? It oh, I forget what it Eope. is. Eope. How dare you? Eope. It's cute, okay? He's riding his Eope, and we get this weird shot like he's being watched, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What's going on? And then the Jedi from earlier shows up and recognizes him and is like, oh, my God, master, master. Which I love that because Obi-Wan's immediately like, my name is Ben. Who the fuck are you? Like, shut up. I'm not who you think I am. He's very much like, bro, shut up. You're probably being followed. You want both of us to die. Like, very obviously insinuating, like, shut the fuck up, Which dude. I feel so bad because this Je- this little Jedi, I don't want to say little Jedi kid, but it's like, he's probably, you know, 20-something. Like yeah, like, he's just like, he's like, oh my god, I'm so glad that I found you, Master. Look, I have a lightsaber. Together we can do this. And Obi-Wan looks at him and is like, you take that fucking thing and you bury it. <laughs> You want to live, you bury that fucking thing, and you run. And he's like, the Jedi, the time of the Jedi is over. And he says, like, we lost, dude. Like, we lost the fight. Like, it's over. Stop. 
Which it's I you I feel so bad for Obi Wan in this moment because like you know he wants to help that kid. Oh, totally. Totally. Like he wants, wants to, to help, help that kid, and he wanted to help that guy before at the meat the the meat market. Like yeah. he wants yeah. to help these people, but he knows that to stay alive he can't. His job is way more important. Not just to stay alive, but to actually do the mission. Yeah, his mission is to protect Luke. He is working on the last mission of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Which, to which some of them might go, well, how, you know, why that guy could come and help, and then there'd be two Jedi watching. It's like, Obi-Wan's like, absolutely not. Like, he knows this kid is being hunted. There is a sequence in this episode where Obi-Wan is sleeping, and I thought it was going to be the sequence that we talked about in our last Kenobi episode. Yes. But it was kind of almost like a recap-ish in his mind of everything that was going on prior and yeah he is he is a broken man and that's the thing when we talked in the last episode about like is he doing it for the mission is he doing it because he feels bad i really think that this is him doing it because he gives a shit about anakin like i am convinced now that he's doing it not just because of the jedi because this this sequence that we just talked about him saying it's over bro like it's done we lost bury that shit like Jedi are out, like, that's it, man. That convinced me, from what we spoke about in our, in our last episode, he is doing it because of Anakin. Because of his love for his brother, basically. I, I, yep, I think it's, I think it's a combination of that and the guilt. Everything mm-hmm. that we talked Correct. about last episode, you know, all coming into one big pile of horrible B- PTSD that Obi-Wan is clearly suffering oh, from because yeah. he can't sleep. Hardcore. Yep. And uh, it doesn't really help that the next day, you know, he does his normal his normal stuff. You know, he goes to the the meat meat market. He cuts off a piece for his EOP. He gives it to him. But as he's about to leave to go home, the bag with the toy in it just gets thrown at his fucking feet. It's our good friend Owen Lars, Luke's uncle. He just shows up and he's like, "What the hell are you doing, Obi Wan?" I no, he doesn't call him. Well, he just says Ben. He's like, "What the hell are you doing, Ben?" He's like, "What? It's just a toy." Like it's no, it's it, it means something. Like don't don't do that. I told you to stay away from us. And it, and then he goes, you know, well, how is the boy doing? And Ben's like, or uh, uh, Owen's like, you don't care. You just want to know if he's showing. Because that's that's the big fear I think in Uncle Owen's mind is that he's like, I am terrified of the day that Luke becomes a Jedi because it destroyed his family. Yeah. You know, you got to remember the last time that Owen Lars saw a Jedi, it was Anakin Skywalker coming home and bringing his dead mother home. And killing and murdering an entire tribe of sand people. Yeah, well, he was probably grateful for that part. He probably didn't probably didn't care about that part. They don't, they don't really have a best relationship with those guys. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he must... Yeah. <laughs> children. Now that, well, now that we've seen Book of Boba Fett, we like Tusken Raiders a little I know, more, right? I think. Yeah. That, yeah. that really humanized the audience to them a little True. bit. Getting back to it, Obi-Wan's just like, Listen, yeah, if he's showing, he has to be trained. And Owen fires back the best line of the entire show so far, in my opinion. He goes, oh, he must be trained? Oh, like you trained his father? I, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Burn. been so many memes, and I love the memes so much. The boy must be trained. And he's like, oh, like you trained his father. Trained huh? his father? It's like, oh. The one who fucking killed everyone? The one who, you know, is a piece of shit and caused all this stuff? And it's like, ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Owen's ready to leave it at that, and he starts to leave. And in the worst case of timing ever, uh, the other two Inquisitors show up. Sans the Grand Inquisitor. He's not there. It's a uh, third sister, and then the other... I don't remember what the other 
one's designation. I don't think we is. had a name for that one. Yeah. But they're so they're walking around and they're yelling at the civilians. They're like, you know, give us we know the Jedi's here. We're hunting one. If anyone knows of anything, you gotta give them up. And she immediately like locks in on Owen and is like, Hey, you know, you know something. This guy knows where a Jedi is. Well, it's weird because what happens is she walks around and she's like screaming demands and stuff. And then she's like the moment you reach for something, you're going to lose a head. And then every time you reach for something, you'll know about me and you'll think about me. And she, yeah, like, she's, she's having old, a big old power trip. Dude, she cuts an old woman's hand off like, boom, yeah, right she away. Did. And I was like, oh, which shit. that was the quietest old woman ever after her oh, hand got cut oh, off. I'm bro, gonna be honest. bro, that was that was brutal. And then yeah. then Owen is just kind of standing there and he's just like staring at her. And that's when she's like, oh. You know some shit. And he's just like, yeah. I hate Jedi. You got a family, Owen? <laughs> got a wife and kids that I can kill? And he's like, uh. He says how uh, uh, Jedi are vermin, and we take care of vermin. You know, like, we yeah, kill, we kill vermin, vermin on my, on my farm. farm. And she's like, oh, really? I love that sequence because it's not exactly, he's like, he's saying that he hates Jedi, and it's not a lie. <laughs> it's not he at all. He fucking hates them. But for some reason... She, like, gets in his face and is like, oh, yeah? So you protect your family from Jedi? Do you think you could protect your family from me? And I'm like, bro, he's agreeing with you. Why are you so mad at him? He literally is agreeing with you. It's so funny because she gets so, she's so shitty that the other Inquisitor is like, hey, we gotta go. Yeah, she gets, she gets in his face and says, if nobody tells me where the Jedi is, this man and his family are, will die. Like, I'm going to kill them. And it gets to where she's about to kill Owen. And she's going to whip out the lightsaber and kill him. And the other oh, yeah. Inquisitor is like, okay, that's enough. All right. Tell us where he is. And she uses that as, or he uses that as a medium to get her to stop. Which was pretty cool. It was very interesting to see this sequence after because he just pushes her up against a wall and is like, you need to fucking quit it. Enough with this Kenobi bullshit. You are yep. going to ruin everything for everybody. Do your damn job and stop. I think the other thing, too, is that the, the Inquisitors are walking like a very fine line, at least evidenced by this, the way this Inquisitor reacts to her being such a dick. Because I think, I think that they don't have as much free reign as, as they would like. I mean, you gotta remember, like, like, like uh, the Inquisitors are in a very interesting spot because the Sith have that rule of two. Yeah. You know, there can only be one master, one apprentice. These guys are not Sith. They are dark side users. Correct. And I think, honestly, if they show any ambition mm-hmm. beyond like their simple order, I think Vader and Cities would take that as a direct fucking threat and they oh. would end them immediately. Absolutely. So that's why that guy's like, because, you know, like, like it would, it would, you know, it would, word would spread quickly the same way with the Jedi. You know, like a Jedi uses his lightsaber to defend someone that's going to get traveled around. A guy with a red lightsaber who killed an entire town. That's going to get spread around, too. Absolutely. And I think that's why the Grand Inquisitor is also like, check yourself. Because I don't think the Grand Inquisitor is, is just annoyed at her for doing stuff just in general. I think no, he's no, worried it's... that it's going to cause a problem for him. Not just job yeah. security, but also, like, yo, if you do this shit, they're just going to fucking wipe us all out and they don't give a crap anymore because we've already yeah. done our job, essentially. They are tools. They are tools in the yeah. scenario. They're not human. They're not. They're not creatures. They're not human beings or alien beings in his case. <laughs> so after this sequence, right before it goes away, it cuts away. We see 
Obi-Wan kind of like look at Owen and is like, oh my God, like, thank you. Thank you for not giving me up, blah, blah, blah. And Owen just looks at him and goes, I didn't do it for you, which yeah. is obvious. He did it for Luke, which was, I just thought that was incredible. Was I was good. like, I, I, I love, I, I, it really gives a nice depth to Owen Lars as a character. Mm-hmm. Cause like, we didn't really know when you first meet him in the new hope, like why he's so grouchy and like curmudgeonly. It's like, now, you yeah. know, it's like, Hey, he's been, he's been putting up with his Jedi shit on the sidelines for, you know, Luke's entire life, basically. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, we go somewhere else that I did not ex- I- Colorado. No, eh, that's what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Space. It looked- <laughs> Space Denver. Space Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Denver's that pretty, I'm going, man, that was, it was gorgeous. We ended up on the planet Alderaan. Obviously, pre a new hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely, (laughs) definitely pre a new hope. Some assembly not required because it's still in its it's still in mint condition. The new Lego Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) exploding action, (laughs) complete with Leia crying. No, oh no, (laughs) yeah, we we end up on Alderaan, and we see like this. Uh, uh, this young woman being like prepared for what is maybe like a state function or a dinner. You know, they got the servants who are putting the cloak on them and putting the hair comb in and doing all that stuff. And I mean, we all assume it's Leia. Honestly, we're all like, yeah, it's probably Leia because it's Alderaan. Like, this is exactly what it is. The queen walks in. It's like, all right, little girl, let's go. Grabs the girl's hand. And it's just a different alien sibling. <laughs> I guess different person. And she's like, she thought it would, she thought you'd think it was funny, your highness. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, that was so good. I was like, I, that was, that was a great way to, and then the queen's just immediately like, she's either in the kitchen, the cellars, or in the woods. Yep. I had fun with that sequence. I thought it was cute. I, it was obviously who you were expecting. And it was a very, like, complete difference from Luke. It was really cool to see how, Luke was just on the desert, man, just being a farm kid. And then all of a sudden we get this princess, you know, I thought, I thought yeah. it was really cool. Cause it's, it's so interesting to see how they mirror their parents. Yeah. Well, in the same time, like they're both, you know, galaxy, a galaxy away. They're both doing the exact same thing. They're supposed to be doing chores, but they're running off and playing instead. Of course. Of course. Luke's just jumping on and flying his speeder, whereas she's running off into the woods with her robot friend. To go look at spaceships. Can we please talk about that droid? Because, oh my god, was it adorable. It's a very cool droid. I, uh, Lalo, I, that's a very cool idea for a droid. I thought it was adorable. Which, and you know, it's funny, that, that really would track too, because she, you know, she's growing up in a core world where there's a lot more technology, mm-hmm. so of course she'd have a droid companion. They didn't get messed up by the, uh, the, the, the Clone Wars as much, you know, that's why we see that. The anti-droid sentiment in A New Hope, where they're like, you're droids, we don't serve their kind here. Get them out of here. Yeah. Like, there's still some droid racism in the Outer Rim. So they finally eventually catch up to her, the royal guards and the queen do, and they, they convince her to, like, come to this state function that she has to be a part of. And uh, she meets her cousin, who's just your typical bureaucrat, you know, being, being a snobby rich kid, saying, oh, you're not even an Organa. And then she just destroys him. <laughs> like, there's, there's the Padme. Like, we saw the Anakin in the first sequence with her, and then we see the Padme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that that was a really cool sequence to see um to see her kind of almost at first she says hi and she doesn't like that she said tells her mom she's like oh i don't like to just wave like i want to do something i want to talk to people i want to help them i can't even leave this planet and her cousin shows up she's like hi cousin and he just kind of is like hi and then they're at this like dinner thing mind you also the the actors it's the same actor who played uh, Owen, but it's also the same actor for Organa, and that that was really cool to see them being the same characters. I thought that was cool. I I, I liked that. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, Jimmy, it's Jimmy Smith's man. He was in yeah. he was in Rogue One too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just cool. I thought I thought it was awesome. And we go to this party, and Organa is saying like. I want to focus on, like, you know, slave labor. We shouldn't be having slave labor. I want, and he's talking politics. He's like, we shouldn't do, you know, the good stuff. He's obviously yeah. a good person. And his cousin, who's also a senator, I get, because he's still a senator. Well, so the, so the interesting thing about him is that he's married to the queen, but he is not royalty himself. Yes. And uh, the whole thing is that the, the, the Jedi temple attack, they were targeting the Jedi specifically. Mm-hmm. And it, this is at the time period where the the... the uh, the Empire doesn't have, like, it has control, but it doesn't have complete control. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a scene in episode uh, four, A New Hope, when, the, you know, they say uh, the Imperial Senate has been swept away. You know, we're, we're starting the new government. The, the Imperial Senate was still important to maintain the bureaucracy of mm-hmm. government. They still needed them there to, like, manage the yes. individual planets because yes. they didn't have the infrastructure to replace it. So, right. you know, I'm sure they wanted to get rid of Bale, but they were like, they needed to come up with a good reason. Yeah. Because he was one of the most popular senators yep. during the Clone Wars. So if that guy just disappears, people ask questions. And I think the Emperor just weighed the options of like, well, he hasn't done anything outright treasonous, and Alderaan is like one of the most popular core worlds. So let's not... It's, it's easier for me to watch him and like yeah. keep an eye on him. Yeah. Which they do a terrible job, as we see later. But hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's, he's at this dinner party that he's hosting. He's talking politics, and he's obviously being a good person. His cousin's like, look, I didn't come here to talk politics. I came here to eat your food and to hang out. So he's like, oh, well, okay. And then Leia's cousin shows up and is, like, telling her, you know, how she sucks and she's not a real Organa and how she should just shut up. Because she says thank you to her droid. Because the droid gives her something. She goes, oh, thank you. And he goes, you say thank you to a lower life form? And she's like, well, yeah, it's polite. Fun fact, though, that droid, that droid is voiced by uh, the, the same voice actors who voices uh, Leia in the Lego Star Wars I may games. or may not follow her on Twitter. <clears throat> All my <laughs> friends may or may not follow her on Twitter as a voice actor. Uh, but yes, so there's a lot of really fun Easter eggs in this episode. What's really cool is after her cousin insults her, it's very obvious Leia uses the Force to kind of mind read him. And says, like, all this shit that he's thinking about how he's scared. He mimics his dad, even though he doesn't know what he's saying. And all this other shit, like, just completely decimates him and just leaves him sitting there. You know what's funny? I don't even know if she used the Force for it. She might just be that good. I mean, look at her pedigree. You know, she's she's the daughter of Padme Amidala, who's being raised by by Bail Organa. You know, it's like, she she might just be that politically savvy even now, which I honestly think would be even, even more impressive than her using the force. I mean, that might even play a factor into it, but the fact that she was just like, you're scared. You're a little loser. A little loser boy. 
And he's like, well, you're not even a real Ogana. <laughs> and he yeah, like runs it was, away. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And that's where, that's where Bale, you know, has to pull her aside and be like, hey, you can't, you can't just shit stomp your little cousin like that or your big cousin like that. And she's like, well, he was being mean to me. He was being rude to droids, which I'm like, oh, that's adorable. I know, right? And, and he's like, you know what? Listen, you know, she's like, he told me I wasn't even Argana. He's like, listen, you are absolutely my child. You are in, in, in all that matters. You are my kid. Now let's go apologize. And she's like, okay, daddy, absolutely. Immediately runs back out into the woods. <laughs> Immediately says, Immediately. F that, I'm, I'm going to go have some fun. The problem is, this time doesn't go as smoothly. This time, we get one of the best cameos of a character, person, actor. I was, I screamed out loud. Flee! I was so pumped! Flee! <laughs> Fucking flee, man! Dude! Red Hot Chili Peppers are in Star Wars now. Like, mm, let's go. Such a weird, such a weird... I loved it. ...position, man. But that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of fun. Which, which, by the way, again, that's not the first time that, uh, that, uh, band people, uh, like, like, musicians are put into place in Star Wars. There's oh, a yeah. lot of that, apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, I was like, I was like, all right. So she basically, she runs into three guys who are there to kidnap her. We've seen and Flea stalking her in the woods in the last season. Yeah, we saw now, like the back of his head. Yeah. He sprung his trap. You know, everybody else who's in a position of power is off doing their state functions, so now they can strike. And I, we get to probably the, the, the thing people have complained about the most is, that, uh, is the chase sequence when they're trying to capture her. You know, she's running through the woods, she's bobbing and weaving, and these guys can't seem to catch her. I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I, I was like, I was like, I thought it was cool. But then people pointed out, like, it was really hard for them to catch a little girl running not so fast through the woods. And I was like, all right, that's fine, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to watch a little kid run around and see the camera not able to follow. It was it was filmed really awkwardly. And yeah, it was. Yeah, they could have tight. They could have tightened up a couple of shots to make it, the action a little bit more intense on that. But I guess and it was a pretty quick. It was a pretty quick sequence, which ends in, in Leia getting captured by these guys. Uh, back on Tatooine, Obi-Wan gets a, gets a, a phone call. Gets his little, his little comm link uh, dings, and he pulls it out. And it's in one of those chests that we had a little zoom in on earlier. Yeah, it wasn't his lightsaber like everyone thought. It was just, it was just his communicator. And it's Bale and the Queen, and they're, they're, they basically say, hey, you know, she's gone. We need help. And I, I love I loved what Bale even says, because Obi-Wan is initially like, listen, man, I can't. You know, get a bounty hunter. Send in the army. And they're like, no, we can't get this out. You know, no one can know what she is or who she is. And he's like, I have a mission to protect the boy. And Bale just fires back, why? She is just as important. Which I'm like, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. I, I definitely think this is not the person he was expecting to go after rescue. He was. He even says like, "I'm not the man I used to be." He's like, "It's been ten years since I left this planet." But so he, so he refuses. He's like, he's like, "Find somebody else." I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it. He's scared. Honestly, I think this is the first time we see Obi Wan actually scared. That's when he has that like dream sequence. Like right after that, he gets all like, and he's obviously having trouble sleeping. He goes through his day again. This time though, when he gets to the square in in town. He sees that he sees that young Jedi that he refused to help hanging by cords 
I noticed it wasn't it wasn't an actual hanging because this is I, Disney, and I, don't I also to noticed risk that. that. Yep, I was yep. like, oh, okay, Disney. All right, yeah, his arms and legs are bound, and there's no visible wounds on him. Interesting. I don't think he was dead. I think they just strung him up for capture and knocked him out. I think he's dead. I think he's. I think he is dead, but not oh, in I that see. shot. I think he was yeah. just knocked out, but I do think he is dead. Yeah, I think that like Obi Wan's like, man, I'm still not gonna be able to do this, and so he just like he goes home. But this time, when he looks at his little droid thing, it turns red instead of blue. Makes that little, like, noise. I half expected it to make, like, the micro- like the windows noise. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees it, and he's like, oh, no. Okay, somebody's here. And then we see a cloaked figure. Oh, no. Is it who we think it is? Is it her? No. No. No, it was a very nice Ahsoka um, fake out. I remember texting you being like, that was bullshit. Yeah, a lot of people did think it was Ahsoka. But, well, speaking of cameos, a lot of people thought uh, Captain Rex was in the, the tavern, according to the trailers, in the very beginning of that episode. And it was just some random bald guy. And I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, who is it? Who shows up? It's Senator Bail Organa himself. He literally came to plead his case to Obi-Wan in person. He's like, you know, you are the only one who can do this. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. And it, it kind of like snaps Obi-Wan back into, into action. I think, I think honestly, the fact that Bale risked everything to go see Obi-Wan yeah. in person is yep. what re- made Obi-Wan realize that like, no, like Bale is risking everything just to come talk to me about this because he took an, you know, he's a, he's a Senator. They're being followed like crazy. He even says, if there's anybody I trust with my children, it's you. Yeah, with my child, it is you. Which that shows like, hey, he's this, you know, this he that is how desperate he is for him, for them to find Leia. And that that really snaps him into action. So then Obi-Wan gets on gets on his EOP and he goes straight into the desert in the middle of the Dune Sea and stops at a spot and starts digging. Now I thought originally he was gonna be I was like, did he bury a ship out there? Is he digging up his ship, man? <laughs> Well, I but thought no. he, I figured because he had told the other guy to, to bury it. I liked his yeah. little shovel. I thought his little, his little, you know, twisty shovel that I was, he had. I was watching with a buddy, and my buddy's like, that's from Earth. And I'm like, it's all from Earth. Come on now. <laughs> I was like, I was like, listen, the amount, the lengths that they go to to reuse like Earth things in Star yeah, Wars, yeah. like uh, the communicators in episode one were ladies' razor blades. The lightsaber is from like a light fixture on a camera. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on now. He can have a shovel. It's fine. Oh, yeah, shovels don't exist anywhere else. Yeah, uh, it needed to be a space shovel. Uh, but so he, so he digs in the desert, and he doesn't dig very deep, but he pulls out a box. And What's in the box? the box? What's in the box? Inside the box was two lightsabers. Two, you say? Yes. Obi-Wan's, and then, of course, the Youngling Slayer 3000 with extended grip. Oh, God. <laughs> A.K.A. Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. Yep. Which, yeah. which I love, I love, I love in uh, Skywalker Saga when Rey picks up that dagger. Is like this thing has done a lot of evil, and it's like you have the thing that murdered so many children on your. You have no hip right now. Idea. Yeah, you have. Like, no what do you idea. mean? <laughs> he pulls out the two lightsabers. We don't know what he does with Anakin's. Yes, we do. But not. we see him. We see him put that put his on his hip. So then we see him show up to the gate where the transports are usually at. 
And he kind of just stands there, and he's just kind of staring, and he's looking around at everybody. He's watching kids run around. He's watching people do their thing. And he's kind of like having a little bit of an anxiety attack, just a little bit. And all of a sudden, he hears, you coming? And he looks up, and the woman is staring at him like, hey, you going to get on? <laughs> the gate attendant. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what's up, man? Are you, go- you going? And he just kind of looks at her, and he just doesn't really say anything. And then he has the little ticket that was given to him in his hand, and he just starts walking forward to her and is like, obviously, like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then his lightsaber comes out, and he shows it as he's walking by, and I'm like, bro, don't show that. (laughs) Hide that. But he goes on, and he gets on the transport. Yep, and that's where we end episode one. So that is episode one. Before we get to our thoughts, because we have a lot, spoiler alert, a lot of them are positive. Before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, so we are back with positive vibes, I basically would say. I think for my thoughts with this episode, I'll go first if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely, please. I think cinematically, I'll go cinematically first. I think this was shot really well. The use of lighting, the use of scenes, the way they were, you know, aerials, that kind of stuff. I think they did a really good job. I think some of the CG was a little wonky. Also, aside from the um, chase sequence being a little bit weird as well, I do think some of the CG was a bit wonky. In the first scene, when the Inquisitor ship is showing up, it does a really odd pan when the ship comes into frame and then goes down, it, it's a very strange pan down. I, I didn't really, it kind of, it was a little jarring in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. In the beginning of the episode, they do a recap of episode one, two, and three, which is really cool and got you pumped. I really liked that they used that. I, I that will was cool. say, I wish they had included some Clone Wars stuff too. I understand yeah. why they didn't. I would have liked to have seen maybe a little, like just a couple of, Little things put in there, which I would agree. it makes me think that Ahsoka might not show up after all, just from the fact that she wasn't included in the recap. Because she's a pretty big deal when it comes to the television shows, I feel like, at this point. I think she's a pretty big deal for both of them in general. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, I'm like, she's a big deal in Kenobi's life. And I'm like, man, this is... It's, it kind of made me a little, like, question whether or not maybe we will, we will see any Clone Wars characters. I will say this, we haven't recapped episode two just yet, but we have both watched episode two, so get ready. Yes. No spoilers at this moment, but there are some Clone Wars references in episode two. That, that is true. We, we, but I not necessarily say, the Clone Wars. Correct, as in the correct, correct. Um, but yeah, I had fun. I think seeing both Leia and Luke was really cool. Clearly, this is a lot more involved in Leia at the moment. We don't yes. know later on the line. We don't know if Luke has a bigger role down the line, but currently we are obviously following Leia. This is going to have to do with her kidnapping in some way. Maybe that is why she knows him in episode four. She knew who Obi-Wan was, and that's why she knew to contact him. She knew he was Obi-Wan and not Ben or something like that. Like, obviously this has something to do with it. Yep. I think the writing was pretty good. The dialogue, some of it was a bit wonky written. I think I think Reva's dialogue was written. It felt like that was reshoot written. Like it didn't feel like it was the original and maybe they did a reshoot. 
Mm-hmm. I think seeing the Inquisitors was cool. I love that. They are now officially canon in terms of live action. I thought that was cool. Yep, they made the live action debut. I like that. I don't necessarily think the props and or costuming for them look fairly convincing at points. Some of it, some of it just, I could just tell it was some of it could have been like a reshoot or, or just. Well, the other, the other thing too is that when we see the Inquisitors, they're not in their like traditional backdrop. Yeah, so that might've been yeah. why it looked a little weird. Cause they were on like, they're on like, you know, a, a desert planet. So, you know, big lights, big shining. Yes. Lots of light beacons. will make CG look kind of funky at, Point. Yeah, because because I mean, no spoilers for episode two, but like the Inquisitors looked better, I think, in episode two. Yes, I see what yes, you're saying, yes. but I think they looked a little better when yeah. it was like a dark planet. So I like the conflict in the Inquisitors. I thought that was cool. I like that yeah. their internal conflict. Reva, here's my my only thing about Reva, and I will say this also applies to episode two for me. Motivation. I think there is a lack of motivation. Therefore, the anger that they are portraying, that she's she's showing. I don't know if I could connect with that or have care for that. Like, I don't know if I, like, I, I don't, I'm not invested in it because I don't know it. I personally think that Reva is one of the children from the first sequence in this episode where the kids are escape. I think that Reva is one of them and is either mad at Kenobi for not killing Anakin Skywalker when he had the chance and is like, you know, I was tortured for years because of you. I only yep. decided to be an Inquisitor so I could kill you. Like, I think that's probably what's going to happen. But... I think that'll probably develop in the later episodes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw Reva out. I do think that some of the dialogue was a little weird and it just felt more passion rather than log- logical. And I didn't really yeah. think that I cared too much about it. So hopefully I do. I also really liked the Jawa stuff, like having a Jawa the conversation i am now part of the conversation because i can understand the conversation it kind of felt made me feel like i was part of the conversation so i thought that was really cool but yeah overall i had a really good time he has ptsd hardcore he's super depressed has (laughs) super high anxiety this dude is a mental mess i am here for it he is the new peter parker of star wars for me at this moment he is poor he is pretty much almost homeless He's struggling in life. I love it. I'm here for it. Listen, listen, that cave is better than any one bedroom apartment you're going to find in LA. True, Let me true. tell you that. Or, yeah, in New York too. The probably. rent's probably cheaper too. It's probably rent controlled. The landlord probably does all the maintenance on time. <laughs> it just, it felt, I remember texting you and I said it felt like episode 3.1. Yeah. It really didn't feel like there was much difference from fin- If I watched episode three, and I instantly jumped into this, it would fit fine, no problem. Yeah, to, to piggyback off of you, I think that the style and the direction uh, is, uh, it, it feels like, yeah, you're jumping right into the next chapter of episode three, which I think is a big improvement over the, the issues that, that, that Lucasfilm has had ever since giving up or getting getting bought up by Disney. I mean, if you you just have to go on my Twitter to see how much I I disagreed with some of their decisions in the past, but it feels like they learned from their mistakes with the sequel trilogy, you know, of not having like anything drawn out, not having a plan and not, you know, cuz everything 
if you ever talk about the sequel trilogy, people are always like, it doesn't really feel like it fits in the Star Wars universe. You know, it just feels too different. Certain things look too, you know, don't look the same. I completely disagree with some of the newer stuff, like that that assessment when it comes to some of the newer stuff that they have made since then. Like Mandalorian, uh, 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 Bad Batch, Clone Wars, this feels like it was made by the, you know, by Lucas circa 2014 in terms of like, like the fit. Yeah. So what did you think about the episode in general? Like, what were your, what are your thoughts? I'm- I, I love it. I think it's a great start. I think we're setting up for uh, a Logan in space kind of situation. You know, grizzled old <laughs> veteran Jedi has yeah, to go rescue yeah. the girl and get her safely to the, to the, to the sanctuary. And it's set up with it perfectly. Like I love, I love seeing Obi-Wan, you know, on Tatooine, eking out a living, not intervening. And like, he's like, he's doing things a Jedi shouldn't because he has to. And I love that, you know, like he's stealing food. He's uh, not confronting someone when he sees injustice, you know, he's telling another Jedi to fuck off so he can stay on his, (laughs) yeah, so he can stay undercover. Like I love, like he's, I love the fact that he's making these little sacrifices you know, in order for the sake of the mission. You know, if we look yeah. back at the Clone Wars, uh, we see that, that Obi-Wan's never been afraid to make sacrifices in the name of preserving the Jedi Order. And I think that this, in his mind, this is how the Jedi Order survives, making sure that Luke makes it to adulthood. You know, maybe, maybe, the, maybe he's already made the plan of like, you know, he'll be able to challenge his father one day. Like maybe he's already thinking that far ahead. Or maybe he's just thinking he'll make it to tomorrow. You know, that's something that we're going to have to have to wait and see. I mean, he, you know, we don't we don't even know if he knows about uh, Vader in terms of this first episode. You know, that's still not clear or apparent. Yeah. Yeah. The only complaint I had was the uh, the the sequence of Leia running was a little silly, in my opinion. I thought it looked I thought it looked a little I I feel like they could have uh, shot it a little better, like maybe maybe tightened in on on her while she was running a little bit. Because I think the I think the actress who's playing a young Leia is phenomenal. By the way, I think she did a great job of like delivering the mannerisms. She's the girl in Bird Box. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she did fantastic. I just felt like she's a little small for a ten year old. She seems like she's six. Now I did tell you this earlier. Yes. IRL in real life. She is ten years old. She is ten years old. Right. But yeah, that's the only complaint I think I have for the episode. I thought everything else was delivered the best. Like, I had never thought about it uh, when Bail Organa's like, you know, this girl is just as important as Luke. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's 100% true. Like, that's something that was never brought up before. It's like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I love it. She was she was the backup plan. Like, that was she was the contingency plan in case Luke couldn't beat, you know, couldn't take down take down the emperor. She was the the backup. Like Luke's even, or, or Yoda was even like, "Nah, we got we got a backup. We're fine." It's it's weird because you would think that the one that gains like a huge education would probably think logically and not more passionate, and so would probably mm-hmm. be more on the light side. And then Luke, being the passionate kid that he is, has almost the same upbringing. Kind of aside from being a slave, he's not a slave, but has like. Same upbringing as Anakin, like same planet, all that stuff. It's almost like okay, you got to make sure this time, this time it doesn't happen. So yeah. I, I, th- I think the the twins aspect is really interesting to see how 
the nature versus nurture. Well, and it, and it makes total sense, too, because, you know, you raise Luke in solitude and seclusion, and then you raise uh, Leia in opulence and in the public eye. Here's the thing. You know, if you're, if you're a conspirator trying to hide a child like this, you know, as far as, as, far as Darth Vader or as far as the Emperor knows, like, you know, knew is that Padme was pregnant. They didn't know about the twins aspect. So even if one of them gets found out and killed, there's still the backup. You know, yep. there's still the other one. And, and it really depended on who got found first. If, if one of them got found, then the other one was basically guaranteed safety because they weren't going to be able to figure out that it was twins because no one knew it was twins. Can we please talk about that? You're in this crazy, medically highly advanced, like, civilization, and you don't know that you're having twins. Like, hey, she was pretty far along. She gave birth to them. How do you not know that you're going to have twins? You know, maybe it was one of those things where, like, they didn't want to do the, like, maybe they were like, we don't want the ultrasound. Like, we're going to do this naturally, you know? Like They were trying to hide it. She was just like, guys, I I'm, I just had a big lunch. I'm not. <laughs> we don't know the sex of the child. You know, like, those those parents that are like, we're going to do a gender reveal party. Maybe her doctor droid knew, and just, she was like, oh, don't tell me. I want to be surprised when the baby comes. <laughs> that droid's like, you're going to be real surprised, lady. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I have some predictions. I think that. It's going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah, those yes. are my predictions, I will say. And I'm not just saying that because I'm excited. Obviously, the last episode, I was, <laughs> I was bugging out. I was like, oh, my God. I think from seeing this episode, I have hope. I have a new hope. <laughs> ah. I am ready to go. I am totally ready to go. Yeah. I'm invested. I think the acting, obviously, is good. The shots and sequences are filmed, for the most part, 98% very well. I like that, you know, the actors are all on board and saying, let's do this. Some of the writing is a little bit hit or miss for me, like dialogue wise. But other than that, shit looked awesome. This rock, I'm down. Let's go. Also, flee. Like, let's be real here. Come on. I'm fully invested. For people who said I have only negative thoughts after watching the Halo show, no, you found something that I like. There you go. (laughs) This is it. I'm excited, and I, I can't wait to talk about episode two. Well, that about wraps it up. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. If you like sending a a link to a friend of yours, that would also help. That's fantastic. Please be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time.